Hello, and welcome to another Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, tonight, we will be continuing our, our history of the Clovises. Uh, Myth, would they be Clovises or, or Clovis eyes? Is that... I think Clovis is just singular and plural all at the same oh. time. Okay. Well, we'll go with that then. We're, yeah. we're, we're, still, we're still covering our, our Clovis. I, I like Clovises, so I'm going to keep it with Clovises. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, so one of, one of the, uh, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if I want to call him one of the most influential uh, people in humanity's history for Destiny, but he kind of is. Uh, obviously responsible, like his name is on a lot of stuff. Um, and, and we talked about a lot about a lot of that last episode. Uh, obviously, his, his grandchildren were responsible for a lot of different uh, things, uh, things like Siva, things like Rasputin. He's, he's very much the primary uh, responsible being for uh, the EXOs, uh, the entire EXO program. Uh, and we, we, uh, we're, we, we're breaking this series up uh, into kind of its individual parts, where we're going through all of Clovis's first, all, everything that uh, Clovis the man has done. Uh, which is again very exo focused, uh, and then eventually we'll be we'll be moving on to uh, Rasputin and Siva. Uh, but last time we ended on uh, Clovis dying, like he he fully fully dead, uh, and and was placed into a smile pod uh, where he had a dream, uh, and and in that dream he dreamed of of being the Luca of humanity, the last universal common ancestor. Uh, the one, the one being uh, that future generations of humanity could look back and trace everything to, um, which is, and we talked about this a lot last time too. Kind of psychotic, uh, <laughs> just a bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, but he's he's on Europa. Uh, he's got his exoframes, uh, or not exoframes. Sorry, he has his Braytech frames uh, that are building the facility out there on Europa. Um, which obviously we can go visit in game today. Like we can go run around Europa and see all these buildings. They're a little mm-hmm. decrepit now, but they're 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 still there. Um, but yeah. yeah, this is the very beginnings of that. This is the very beginnings of that facility on Europa. Uh, kind of kind of starting that idea for the EXO. He he's already lost his uh um his son uh to this EXO program uh because it's not a perfect science yet. It's still kind of being invented as he's as he's going along. Um, so yeah, uh, myth, where does that, uh, where does that start us off this week? Yeah. So, uh, this week we are going to continue going through, uh, Clovis Bray's logbook, uh, kind of his diary of sorts, um, detailing his time on Europa and his experiments there and kind of some of his inner monolo- uh, monologues. Um, as well as some of his communications with other members of his family uh, through these different processes. Um, and uh, a, a point of clarification, because some people may not may not be aware, um, when we were referring to the Braytech frames that are building uh, the buildings, um, a, a point of reference would be like the Red Jacks from Crucible, like the, the little robot dudes uh, more, that, more AI than actual um, sentient yeah. things, right? Like that's, and 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 probably even less AI, right? Like this is more just like pro- programmable logic control, like uh, 
like what you see in a in an assembly line for like making like auto auto making like making yeah. cars. Yeah, exactly. But it has legs. Yeah, <laughs> essentially yeah. by by bipedal. <laughs> Border, borderline Metal Gear. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's the next crossover Bungie's going to do. Oh, heard my it here. God. I would lose... You have no idea. I would lose <laughs> my mind if I could have a... Uh, no, no, no. Don't get me excited, Beth. At least not over the crossovers. Like, if, that, if that's a thing, it's a thing. I'd be super happy and super grateful, but this is oh. not that episode. <laughs> No, we will we'll only be theorizing about things in the game, not outside of the game. Uh, but so, you know, just so, so people can kind of in their mind picture what's happening. Those, those little robots are going around and building up these towers. Um, when we say Clovis died, he, he had like cardiac arrest. His, he was dead for however many seconds or, or minutes it may have been before he was resuscitated and put in one of these smile pods uh to recover oh we, we had we had a name we had a name for it too didn't we the the his squishy bits <laughs> yes the, the squishy yeah. bits died <laughs> the squishy bits died um and so it was during that that brief period of death that he experienced this this dream um and so we're going to pick up right where we left off. We're going to start with uh, the mysterious logbook. This is entry number three, section 12. Um, and it goes like this. I struggle to explain what I will become. The Luca. A bar- I borrowed that term from biology in the same way I consider Braytech my extended phenotype, and its discoveries my mimetic grandchildren. When we depart the cradle of this solar system to begin our colonization of the galaxy, the dominant ideology of our time, the core logic we use to organize and plan our relationships with the cosmos, will be scattered to become the Luca the last universal common ancestor of all future human growth. The Luca is the most recent common ancestor of all living things. For Earth life, it is a single cell that lives in the deep ocean billions of years ago, flourishing in the warmth of magma or sulfur vents. It was not the first life on Earth, but it was the only life whose descendants survived to the present. All its contemporaries have been extinguished by the passage of epochs. And I plan to be the Luca of all future human thought. So again, just kind of reaffirming his, you know, in his head, he is the thing that all other brilliant ideas will stem from. In the future, he, he's he's that single-celled organism. Like that's the way he thinks of himself. He thinks of himself as that original single-cell organism that all life on Earth started from. Like that's yep. That's what he thinks the rest of of the the rest of the known timeline of humanity is going to look back and go, oh, we can all trace ourselves back to Clovis Bray, and and not not like our physical selves, but he and he clarifies that too. Uh, all all thought, all ideas, all any anything that had uh, any type of uh, bearing on humanity leaving 
the soul system or or even existing on in the soul system he he is very much stating here that he is the or or in his mind he is the single thing that everyone everything can point to and go that's that's where it came from yeah yeah he will be the father of all good ideas essentially so he continues uh and we talked a little bit last time about the fact that uh the bray company had stepped in on the moon and mined out the k1 anomaly what what became known as the k1 anomaly um which for all accounts is one of the darkness statues one of the the statues of a, a veiled uh you know feminine figure that you see at the end of the gar- uh, garden of salvation raid or in the pyramids um they found one of those and it exerted an influence and it allowed for some people to hear whispers coming from it and clovis deemed it clarity and so he talks about clarity in the next couple sections here so this is section 13 of his logbook and it goes like this study of the lunar effect retrieved from the k1 mission provides insight into the effect that i have termed clarity clarity violates established symmetries and conservation laws in doing so, it defies Nothir's theorem, and the most fundamental and beautiful cornerstone of physics. Symmetry and conservation are two sides of the same coin. All things are transformations of one thing, without gain or loss. As my childhood tutor put it, if A can become B, then B can become A. We say that state B let's say is a mixed drink, comes after state A, say sugar and water, only because there are more probable pathways from A to B. Wait long enough, longer than the universe, perhaps, and your drink really can return to its original state, spontaneously unmixing itself. But clarity is not always symmetrical. For example, it violates time reversibility. Consider the simple equation. Clarity with A becomes B. This is the application of clarity to a state A to produce lower entropy state B. Clarity is fond of removing portions of a state configuration, harrowing the phase space down to only its most robust inhabitants. Time symmetry suggests that we should be able to run this process in reverse in order to retrieve the original. You would reverse clarity on state B, and you would return to state A. But in fact, we obtain something different. When we attempt to reverse clarity on state B, we get state C, which is an entirely different state. Clarity's effects cannot be used to return a transformed state to its original state. Instead, we obtain a second transformation altogether, further yet from the original configuration. I believe that clarity may be akin to the mythical universal solvent, the Alkahest, the Azoth, 
with ancient alchemists believed had the power to dissolve anything into its pure base elements. Ingested properly, the alkahest could purify the body and grant eternal life. And that's the end of that section. I, I, you know me in math, man. I, I love, I love this equation. Clarity plus or times A or whatever you want to call it. Clarity combined with A equals B. Theoretically, we should be able to get B by itself. But as soon as clarity is reintroduced to B, it becomes a totally different thing. State C. It's I. We we talked about this in our light and dark uh, series of of how clarity's influence on on anything changes it into a new state, and that new state is, for lack of a better term, permanent. There's no way for that new state to go back to its original state, because again, when you reintroduce clarity to it, it becomes a new state. Now. I, I I hesitate to say this, but I feel like this is the mathematical explanation of paracausality. I mean, in a lot of ways, I, I think that's exactly what it is. You know, you are causing something to you are an effect happens without a parent cause. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the same thing. So to to really try and dumb this down, because I understand it, it's difficult uh, to consume a visual written down algorithm via a audio <laughs> format. So we need uh, we need graphics then, right, Beth? Is that is that our right, next yeah. step? It is that our next evolution to the podcast <laughs> is to add graphics. Uh, but to to give a very like simple example of what he's talking about, um, so normally. Let's say you have sugar and water. You can dissolve the sugar in the water. You get sugar water, a quote-unquote new state. Uh, but you give it enough time, um, or you know, you evaporate the water out, and it, it you know the water didn't cease to exist. It's just no longer in that solution. You've separated them again, and given the right circumstances, that should be true for any combination of, of elements. However, in the case of clarity, it would be like combining, it would be like dissolving your sugar in water and it turns into gasoline. Like it, it becomes something completely different. And you can do whatever you want to gasoline. You're never going to turn it into sugar and water again. I, I love, I love that equation. I love this entry. This is one of, one of my favorite entries in this, in this log book, just, just because it's math, right? Like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. again, one of my things, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, um, it, it also made me think when we talk about clarity, uh, it, it, this this is darkness. This is like the power of darkness, correct? Yes, and I, I think that we can um we can further support that by Clovis saying that uh, clarity's application to something produces a lower entropy state. Yeah. Um and we had talked about stasis being the yep. 
uh, reduction of entropy, the lowering of entropy. So that seems to be uh, true across the, the line for whatever this clarity power of darkness is, um, as well as what we're more familiar with, stasis. So I think that lines up pretty well. So then that, that brings forth kind of a question. Would, if let's say you have state A and you introduce clarity, you get state B, could you introduce light to state B to get it back to state A? That is a very good question because by all accounts, light and dark uh, cancel each other out. They are, they are equal and opposite. Um, we saw that in, um, we talked about during our light and dark episodes, but also yep. in the uh, Awoken history, we saw when the energy of light and the energy of dark met each other um, outside uh, Exodus Green, um, they, like, neither one gained ground on the other. It was, it was an equation dividing by zero. It was impossible for any any movement to be made one way or the other. Uh, and that energy had to go somewhere, so it made a black hole, made a singularity. Uh, so Clovis, of course, would not have had access to the light. Honestly, wouldn't right. even know what light is, perhaps. Right. Because I don't know that that was really seen. I don't, I don't think it existed at the time. Because the first instance we have of, of light being used is after the ghost, after the collapse. Well, I, I think it existed because the Traveler, you know, terraformed planets and whatnot during the Golden sure, Age. Sure, Presumably using light energy, but uh, certainly was not wielded by anybody and maybe was observable coming from the Traveler. But yeah, I, I don't believe there's any reference to people in the Golden Age using light energy for anything. Um. So in Clovis's mind, you know, the, his equation may be, you know, clarity plus A equals B. And maybe it is that light plus B equals A. Like the, the substance clarity will never be able to reverse itself, but its, you know, counterpart, light or whatever Clovis would call it, uh, ends up being able to undo it. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see. And, and, and again, the only reason why I say this again, because uh, there's a dialogue in the current season where um, Clovis says, even your light can be quantified and, and is measurable and, and is, a, is a, you know, the thing that can be given numbers to. And so I'd, I'd love to see if, if he ever <laughs> messed around with it and said, well, now look what I did. Honestly, you know what? We... we... And again, I don't know if this is so much reversal as it is canceling out, but um, right. a perfect example of this of, of these two forces opposing each other, even in-game, um, any Crucible match where you have a well of radiance and someone trying to freeze them with stasis, you can't freeze someone that's in a well. The light is canceling out Boom. the dark. Theory proven. So I think if Clovis had light in some, you know, some manner of applying it to his, his experiments, we might have had more to this equation. But of course, unfortunately, but we don't. We don't. So we can only speculate. Uh, but he continues uh, in entry 14. 
continuing to talk about clarity and how uh, it is this um, myth, perhaps this this uh, mythical solution uh, he re- refers was, to as the alkahest. Yeah, it, it made me think of Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the alkahest uh, is in um, in the Renaissance alchemy, you know, world. I uh, was called the universal solvent. It could dissolve any substance uh, without altering or destroying its fundamental components. Um, and was the, the cornerstone for a lot of the alchemical theories behind turning one element into another, you know, lead into gold is the, probably the most uh, well-known example, but they, there were many. Uh, you know, theorized material exchanges, um, you know, and, and the alkahest was considered needed for, for all of them. So there was a, a search for whatever this universal solvent might be. And so Clovis is kind of drawing on that as inspiration for clarity. So he goes on in section 14 and says this. Perhaps this is all nonsense and poetry, but let me ask you this. Why do we exist? We exist because the universe began in a state of flower entropy and has ever since expanded and unwound, transforming from a single dense plasma into a void filled with complex structures. In the future, it will achieve maximum entropy when all organized matter has collapsed into black holes, and these holes evaporate into the uniformity of the heat death. This is the unexplained secret of creation. How did that original, low-entropy state come to be? In the first place, and in the first time, the egg of history. What if clarity was responsible? What if there was some primeval chaos, some pre-cosmic entropy, which was soaked in clarity to reduce it to the first nucleus of all existence, which existed, or which was issued with the Big Bang? What if clarity's defiance of time reversibility makes it a fountain of cosmic youth, returning all that is burnt out and burnt down to its state before the fire? Perhaps clarity is the Ensof, the nameless god before creation, proprietor of the cosmic egg, razor that cuts the fat of the complication away from the bone. Those who comprehend the alkahest, it is said, will obtain eternal life. That's the end of that section. He is almost word for word describing the light and dark books about the universe about the right about the universe being created by the gardener and the winnower and like he has no idea how spot on he is but he he's missing he only has half of the equation He's, he's missing that other piece to observe what light does to 
a state of matter to compare it to Claire. I, I truly do think, you know, Clovis is, is batshit crazy and a terrible person, but he's but fucking genius. He is pretty smart. <laughs> and I do really wonder what his conclusions would have been had he had access to both clarity and light to use in experimentation and, and theory. Cause he's real close. You know, he's, he's, he's describing, close. he's describing, uh, the, the winnower and the gardener having their, their dispute in the garden, you know, that pre-cosmic entropy, um, the introduction of light and then the introduction of darkness into our, uh, you know, universe's creation to try to balance things out uh, and make a more interesting game of our existence. Uh, he's he's getting real close. <laughs> it's so close. He's, it's like right there, right? Like he's, if only he had access to the light at the time, like what would, what, God, what would that, what would that have done for the Destiny universe? So that, would he be, would he have be? well, uh, you know. I don't think it would have made him a better person. <laughs> like, he would still be he's, crazy, he's, he's you know, egotistical shitty. son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's still pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah. He'd just be a little more right and maybe would give us some some insight into things. I just I I couldn't believe how close to the light and dark the the gardener of the winter it like I mean literally mi- minus half the equation and he's and he's got it. Yeah. Like that's yeah. Blow, that's that's yeah, that's mind blowing. So the next entry from his logbook is uh, not a um, diary entry per se, but a message that he has written, um, in this case, to Wilhelmina Bray, which would be his uh, granddaughter. Um, And in that message, he says this. Wilhelmina, it's your grandfather. I'm on Europa doing some very exciting work. I understand that you're probably reluctant to enter into any collaboration, given my choices surrounding your father's treatment. But I sincerely believe that this will be the most important scientific project since the invention of agriculture. You know how I value minds that can run alongside my own, and I fondly remember your childhood explanation of the myth of the Alpha Wolf. The truth, you told me, was that the so-called Alpha is not a dominant male, but simply the father of the family. I remember with less fondness, but with equal respect, your later accusation that I had so fully assumed the role of the immortal patriarch as to clone myself off from you. Megalos Kairos Pateras, you called me, in very poor Greek, on the day of my son's funeral. Let me show you what I was thinking of when I was not thinking of my family. Come to Europa. Help me. And in little parentheses at the bottom, it says, Draft message unsent. So this is a message he has written, but is not actually sent. Definitely trying to recruit. Uh, And again, this is something we talked about. At the time, Wilhelmina is is working on Siva, and and getting yeah. Siva up and running at the time. So he recognizes the genius in his own granddaughter, um, and definitely wants to use her talents uh, to further his cause. Uh, 
But of, of course, <laughs> the egotistical jackass that he is, he can't just outright ask for help. No. So the fact that this is just a draft unsent, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of hits the nail on the head there. A little bit. And uh, for those wondering, the Greek um, Megalos Kairos Pateras, uh, which I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of. I was going to say, it. I uh, thought it was Latin, but I don't, I don't know <laughs> these mythos languages. I, I mean, yeah, Greek has a lot of roots that are Latin. Um, but a, very roughly, and by roughly I mean Google, translates that <laughs> to be uh, Big Cold Father. I think it has a, a few words missing there that are expletives. <laughs> well, it was in very poor Greek by Clovis's <laughs> uh, estimation. So, you know. Yeah. So, uh, he has a couple other messages he has sent. The next one is to uh, Anastasia Bray, um, or in this case, has not sent, because this is another draft that remains, uh, you know, Un- unsent out of uh, as of this time it says anastasia it's your grandfather i'm on europa doing some very exciting work i understand you're probably reluctant to enter into any collaboration given your memory of your father's treatment process i also know that you've struggled with questions of belonging not helped by my own attitude towards your genetics let me make amends You've wasted enough on that paranoiac machine. Both of us know that your attempts to fix the value capture problem are just bandages on an ethical wound. Come to Europa. Let's set aside the broken past and make a clean start. What I have here will change everything. We will be as immortal as your war mind, and far more human. This this one is obviously again Anna's working on the Warmind Rasputin like yep. te- teaching it and not necessarily teaching it like getting it to like things of humanity to make the because the Warmind is definitely the it, it's supposed to feel almost and I say feel because that's a, again that's this is a hard concept to to kind of put together but this AI is supposed to feel for humanity it's supposed to uh be the the protector of humanity like it's supposed to seek out threats th- th- before they can even be perceived by humanity um and it's it's its sole purpose is to continue to keep humanity alive and keep humanity going um but yeah it, Clo- clovis definitely doesn't like any of that like he just sees the the war mind rasputin as just a, a a machine just a thing like why does it need to learn art? Why does it need to learn music? Why does it need to learn? Why does it need to learn any type of emotion? It should just be, and 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 not not just like we shouldn't put a hundred percent of our faith into this AI AI war mind idea. Is is Clovis's kind of main thinking? Well, and I, I think knowing information that we have now from the current season, and we're not this isn't going to be a Rasputin episode, so we're going to touch lightly not, on it. Not but... yet keep going um yeah because we'll cover all this when we get to the rasputin kind of section of of this series um but you know clovis had built rasputin under the pretenses of being a a protector 
Um, but he had every intention to once Rasputin was up and running and everyone trusted it to, to just take it over and it would be his will, not the AI. Um, and so not only does he not see a use in trying to teach it ethics of any sort, um, he, you know, as we learned in this season, uh, the exposure to human culture caused Rasputin to actively lock Clovis out of being able to take any semblance of control of it. Um, so at this even point, the AI saw how much of a jackass he was, <laughs> right? Uh, at this point, Clovis, you know, probably has been locked out of Rasputin, and he just assumes it's a failed project. Like I, yep. I think he's written it off in his head as that's not a useful tool for me anymore. And that's, that's all it is. But so, um, again, that's another unsent message trying to persuade, uh, Anna Bray to join him in, in his endeavors on Europa. And so we get to the final message, which he did send. And this one is to Elsie and it is written very differently. So this message is much shorter and in it, he says, Come to Europa. I am taking an enormous risk, and this time I am the one at risk. Let me prove to you that I did nothing to your father that I wouldn't do to myself. There are significant dangers, outside context threats. Your expertise would be invaluable. I need you. And that's all that message says. Elsie is the, again, kind of, hitting on what what each one of their expertises are um elsie's very much like the i want to call her like the 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 generalistic scientist she doesn't really have like a specific thing that she's focused on she definitely has a lot of like the 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 what is it the the ion drives uh for warp ships and all that stuff um but i think it's even more than that like i i think she has a lot more um pokers in the fire as as to to say yeah um, i know um she created some of the earliest sparrow prototypes right uh, right as well um yeah she created the the uh ion class jump ship so i think maybe her main focus is like aerospace yeah it seems like that way so maybe maybe it is less of a generalistic yeah maybe it is more of a, a specific but but even then like I, I'm curious as to how much Wilhelmina looks at Siva as this living thing, and and maybe she does. I don't know. We'll, again, we'll get to that point when we get to that point. But it seems like of the three of them, Elsie is definitely looking at machines as machines, and so that's where I I think yeah. Clovis is trying to appeal to their likeness of like these things are machines. They aren't they aren't alive. They they don't do anything. But what I'm trying to do here is eternal and you can understand that as an aerospace engineer type thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. It, 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 it blows my mind how much he pulls on Elsie and we'll see, obviously we'll see more of this throughout this, this series. Um, how much he pulls on Elsie above everyone else. Yes. And we'll, we'll see kind of why his interactions with Elsie are a little different than some of the others. Um, you know, because with, with Wilhelmina and with Anna, he was like, oh, you know, I know you hate me, but 
let me make amends or, or let me prove myself to you or, you know, whatever. And, uh, he's just, he's a lot more kind of political (laughs) with, he's a lot more flowery and, and like, you know, really trying to appeal to them in some way. Uh, and, and with Elsie, he's definitely a little harsher. He's a little like, yeah, come to Europa. Very direct. Yeah. There, there isn't a request there really. It's just a, I need you here, be here kind of thing. Now here's, here's a question at, at, and I guess I've, I've never really figured it out or not. Do the kids all know that Clovis did what he did to Clovis the second? It's implied that yes, okay. all of them are aware, including um, Clovis the second's wife, Sylvie, as well as uh, his mother, you know, Clovis's Clovis the first's previous wife, uh, Luina, Luina, uh, Lucia, excuse me, Lucia, Lucia. yeah, yeah. Okay, so so they all know that, and and again, that Clovis curse uh, is genetic. So potentially, all of these kids have this curse. Right there, there's a potential for that. Um, I don't know if they know it's genetic. Or that's, that's if they just of... know, they they may they may just know that um, their father had this, you know, neurological disease right. um, that brought on insomnia, and their grandfather tried to fix it and ended up killing him instead. Okay. Okay. So they at least know that much. But so he sent this message off to Elsie to request assistance while he's uh, on Europa, um, building this facility, searching for whatever it is that Clarity told him to come to Europa for. Uh, And now his kind of journal entries start up again. So the next one is entry four, section 18. And it goes like this. I found her. Clarity control. The mystery I was promised. Analysis of the surrounding ice suggests it arrived on Europa no more than 20 years ago. Still well before I encountered the K-1 artifact. How long have they been planning my invitation? So a blast of dark neutrinos stuck this particular province of European chaos. Oh, excuse me. Back up a bit. Uh, There's a little printout that I missed um, that says, Arrival event. Omnibus analysis of spallation products in the ice suggests recent X-ray bombardment. Characteristic of the decay of a Majorana massive light sterile neutrino. These neutrinos are associated with the Lambda field and the expansion of the early universe. So uh, that is a lot of mumbo jumbo jargon there. You know what it almost sounds like? The nine. Well, the sterile neutrinos. The sterile, yeah, the sterile neutrinos are are um, something that is. Uh, explicitly referred to um, around the the taken and the kind of ascendant plane, uh, and I think that's probably because of their relation to dark. Like I think that comes right. from dark. 
Well, and and we we talked about how like when the Taken come in, they open little mini black holes, and that's how they yeah appear in front of you. Yeah. Um. And so that this is essentially saying that like, you know, dark energy that could be traced back to the expansion of the early universe, as Clovis was predicting uh, a couple entries ago, um, is found in the ice around this this object that they have discovered. Um, so with that printout, Clovis then goes on to say, So a blast of dark neutrinos struck this particular province of European chaos. The particle involved yet more evidence that clarity is as old as time, the alkahest that shaped the early universe. I wonder why clarity control chose the particular aspect it did. That form, that face, the same visage as the precursor on Earth's moon. What is it meant to communicate? Is it a message particularly meant for me? I've always harbored a a wariness towards women. I understand people as coiled engines of self-interest, programmed first by a cosmology that selects via the anthropic principle for the possibility of complex structure, then by a biology that wipes out traits deteriorous to its own persistence, and then by a culture that evolves to promote the survival of its hosts. People are avatars of these self-preserving forces. I feel a purity and a righteousness to this understanding. It lets me see people as they really are. It is the foundation of my book. But all this is complicated in women. They are the sites of such evolutionary complexity, the grandmother hypothesis, for example, or the eusociality of female ants. But even their flesh is hard to understand. Female bodies are a mosaic of two cell lines, one with the mother's X chromosome and one with the father's. Never both. A house of two lineages, constantly renegotiating their mutual interest. It is that interior plurality, that secret depth, why Elizabeth, Wilhelmina, and Anastasia were also vehemently opposed to my plan for Clovis II's treatment. Alton, on the other hand, never fought it, but the girls were persistently difficult. Elizabeth has not replied to my message. I know she received it. I will have to remind her of her own self-interest. And that's where that one ends. Well, we can add uh, Womanizer to the <laughs> list of shit from Clovis Bray. This guy is an asshole. I mean, if you didn't know before, now pretty, you do. Pretty uh, pretty blatant there. Um, so, yeah. Well, uh, well, this, this actually made me think of a question. Um, clarity control and the K1 anomaly are two different things. Right? Correct. So okay. the the K1 anomaly was um I think a darkness statue. Uh, like a but lesser similar. one, right? Like like something that didn't quite have the the full power of darkness coursing through it type thing, right? Something like that. And and we're not a hundred percent sure, but 
for comparison, like the 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 darkness statue at the end of the Garden of Salvation raid, um, or in the the lunar pyramid, right? Um, it, it is the the visage of the veiled woman, the veiled feminine figure that we we had talked about before, um, but none of them move. All of them seem right. to kind of be solid stone or or some kind of material. Um, I think what he's referring to, he he is attributing clarity control, the voice behind the whispers, he's falsely attributing that, to this new quote-unquote statue that he has found. And I'm pretty sure the one he has found is the one that we can observe in the Deep Stone Crypt raid, which does was, move. Yep, that was going to be my next question. A little more organic in some ways. Because that's that's the thing, too. I remember, and I think this was only in D1, on the PvP anomaly map, uh, there was a... What, did it have that, like, uh, that uh, dodecahedron... Uh, yes. thing in the center or yep. was it or was it a statue so it's always been the the dodecahedron it's always been that um but there's a reference that inside um, that is is, is the, the clarity. k1 anomaly that's the k1 yeah. anomaly or so yeah. sorry inside that is the k1 anomaly not clarity so yeah and it, it's it's a little confusing when he uses the terms that are so similar so right. clovis calls clarity uh, essentially we can think of that as darkness the force Clovis okay. has just named it Clarity because he's decided he discovered it and he gets to name it. I guess he could he could come up with better names. That's like <laughs> right. that's like calling the 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 new Nintendo 3DS the new Nintendo 3DS. You you couldn't call it like the 3DS two, right. like something. Do you know how hard that is to market as a used product? Hey, do you want a used new Nintendo 3DS? Well, is it used <laughs> or new? Uh, yes, is the answer to that question. <laughs> I blame so, Clovis for that. Yes, I. I mean, he's the Luca, right? Oh all shit! Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> but no. Well, so, well so played, darkness, sir. the force. Darkness, the force is clarity. Uh, Clovis attributed the voice that he heard through darkness to be. The controller of clarity, hence gotcha. clarity control. That makes more sense. I keep thinking of it as like clarity control is like a like a science experiment, right? Like you have a control yeah. substance or you have like a control variable, and that's what he's referring to. But he's 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 less of that and more of the this is the controller of the voice type thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um and he seems from this entry seems to believe that the statue they have found is clarity control, is the okay. thing that has control that's over actually talking yeah yeah okay and that's and that was the other thing i was going to mention too is this is the same statue that we see um in game when we go to Deepstone crypt yep the ra- the yep. raid the the, the in game raid and 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 again all of you guys out there that are listening to this can go there um it's after the after the first encounter, uh, right before the Atrix encounter. There's yep. that giant statue, the the veiled statue. If you go underneath it and look up, you can see it. It's moving. It it's the 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 veil is. I I hate to say because it's moving, it's alive, but I, I maybe. 
that's like saying like the wind like the wind Frame is alive because it's moving. Yeah, that's not. It's I can't. I can't. Something. I can't correlate the two <laughs> directly. So, but in my yeah. head, I'm like, well, it's moving. It's got to be alive. So yeah, it's it is something. It is not a statue. No, not quite. Um, but yeah, so he he's a tad perturbed that it is this feminine figure because he apparently has some uh some issues i was gonna say is Um, issues the best word and i mean he tries to explain it away as like i i understand evolution and i understand survival of the fittest and i understand genetics but the fact that i you know a, a woman is only ever comprised of two different family genetics that then have to compete with one another like that's him making up a bunch of bullshit as to try and justify his sexism and there is no justification for it so well and that's the other thing too like he tried to genetically mutate all of that out of his own son like yeah he's he's just a shit he's just a shit yep but uh and he he attributes their the the gender um or genetic sex to why Alton didn't throw as big a fit about killing Clovis the second as the other children did, which is another like what the fuck moment, but you know right like I don't know he i I keep seeing Alton as like the the artist of the group, right like he's not really. I don't want to say he's not a thinker. He's just not a, he's not an engineer, you know, like he, he he's more of a, more he's, of a free spirit. I, I wouldn't say that. I think he's, he's more, he deals with people. He doesn't ah, deal with technology. There you, go. there you go. He's, he's the businessman. He runs the business. Yeah. He, you know, schmoozes with the people. He acts as the CEO essentially to keep things running and keep money flowing for the experiments everyone else is doing. Yep. I like, I like that explanation better. As usual, you have the better explanation. (laughs) Oh, I mean, we'll, we'll see some clips with Alton, some, some instances with him and he is by no means the, the hippie of the family. (laughs) So just setting expectations. (laughs) But, uh, so, Clovis continues uh, in his journal now, um, switching over to thoughts on exomines, uh, which is the process of uploading someone's brain, their consciousness into a digital format. Uh, And so this is entry 20, and it goes like this. The major obstacle to a viable exomind is the loop or billboard, or crash cycle. Human consciousness in simuli is not new. The equipment we provided AeroChina for containment of the K-1 anomaly included simulated connectome forks of the mission crew as mineshaft canaries. But simulated environments are limited. If a simulated crew member wants to leave the mission and go home, they cannot. And that impossibility cause divergence from the physical or original. Even, minute cha- even minute changes in the physical fidelity of the simulation can have chaotic effects. 
all cognition is embodied. The architecture of our minds is highly co-evolved with our physical form. In or out of simulation, only a truly synthetic AI can disassociate from the human body plan. Given the limits of simulation, we need to find a synthetic immortality in the real world. The grail of Homo simulacra is an artificial body with an immortal human mind. Attempts to upload human minds into frames with their artificial senses and limited architecture are uniformly terrifying and disagreeable. Early attempts at uploaded consciousnesses were haunted by fears that the upload would suffer cryptic loss of quilia, the unseen death of the first person, or conscious mind. The upload would then become a so-called billboard, a flat imitation. I lobbied the ISO to establish a standard for a certified conscious simulacrum. An emulation of a human brain must display neural activity correlated with consciousness, particularly in the nuclei of the thalamus, midbrain, and pons. Many researchers refer to this criterion as the zombie detector. The problem with exomines is that they quickly stop passing the zombie test. The first stage of the breakdown is looping the same repetitive, stereotyped behavior once observed in zoo animals. Prototype exomines begin to repeat similar conversations and action schemes. This stereotypy descends from high-level social behavior through cognitive programs in memory recall and task selection into basic motor function. The mid-stage symptoms are pacing, chewing, rocking, grunting, striking limbs against walls or furniture, and facial tics. This is a result of depressed activity in the higher brain. Without input from the prefrontal cortex, the basal ganglia stops selecting new motor, pro new motor programs. So I'm going to pause there. Uh, I was going to say that's a lot of information lot. to to digest. Like I'm following and I'm and I'm okay, <laughs> but holy shit, that's a lot of information. A lot going on there. So the the big things to take away from this are that they have um, simulated quote unquote human minds already, like coded. They've coded AI to act like human minds, but they never are quite right. They, they never are quite the same. They never make quite the same choices as their human counterpart because the stakes are very different for a digital mind compared right. to something that lives in the physical world. Uh, and so Clovis has decided the, the perfect combination is a artificial indestructible body with a digitized immortal mind. So the human mind is still there. It's still in a physical body. That is how, you know, it will remain itself. Well, and that's, that's the interesting thing, right? Like it, he, he, it's, it's that, it's that question, right? Like what is self? What is consciousness? What, what is a soul, right? Like that's what differentiates b between an AI and a human, like or or even a digitized human like 
it's such a it's such an interesting conundrum there because the AI from the outside it could essentially look and act as a human. Like that's the whole point of it, artificial intelligence. It's 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 appearing, it's it's it has the appearance and the and and showing signs of life, of intelligence. And again, equating life to intelligence is neither here nor there. Like that's one yeah. does not equate to the other, but that's not the point. Um it's 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 that consciousness, right? Like what determines it something is conscious, what determines something has self-awareness. And it's it I it it's so funny that I just happened to watch this the other day. Um one of the I want to say it's like one of the first episodes of Star Trek Next Generation when Data uh is on trial because Starfleet thinks that he's an object and or at least one one professor thinks that he's an object and they hold a trial because they he wants to disassemble him and study him and Picard comes up he he's like you know how do we define that he's self-aware like do you know who you are do you know where you are like how do you define consciousness how do you define you know it, like it was it was this interesting thing and that's that's almost what what what's happening here is is Clovis is trying to establish the parameters of consciousness in a in a in a data form right like in in a in a in a quantifiable form to say hey i can look at this set of data and say that thing has a consciousness that thing is self aware therefore it is it is human or or whatever um but then i can look at this thing over here and say okay this thing quantifiably does not have self-awareness or or a consciousness therefore it is an ai it's it's not a real it's not a real being basically yeah and he clovis isn't concerned so much with the um theological side of like right the soul right um but he he is very much uh interested in making sure that whatever digital copy is made because he wants to do this to himself eventually uh is by all measures um that are possible the the person um, right like at least on that a, individual yeah at, le- at least on a biologically cognitive level and and not just a copy because he talks about there were like right on on a if it as a copy it starts shutting down it starts losing those higher functions starts re- almost like de-evolving yeah, because it, it doesn't have the, it knows all of the habits and patterns and, th- you know, things that that person did previously, but it doesn't have any ability to continue to do new right. things. Because that's, because that's the thing is it just sees them as, as options, right? Like almost like right. if then statements, like if yeah. this, then this. And so that like, it keeps getting stuck in those loops and can't choose a new if then statement. Yeah, like the an AI or, or a copy of a, a human brain in, in this example is never going to make the decision to, you know, quit their job spontaneously or take a trip or, you know, it, it doesn't have the function for something that breaks the pattern yeah. or something that breaks, you know, the, the quote unquote norms of that person. And uh, so Clovis went so far as to um, lobby a 
uh, a, a some kind of governing body, the, the ISO, um, oh, International Organization for Standardization. Um, that exit that is a real thing. I was going to say that's a real thing. Today. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, that does look that does look <laughs> you, familiar. Uh, you saw it. You were like, wait a second, I've had to deal with this. <laughs> so he he lobbies for a standard to be created for a uh, conscious um, conscious simulacrum. Fancy way of saying like a human brain copied into data. I. Uh, and he states that it needs to be able to display neural activity that is correlated with being conscious and goes on to list the very specific areas of a brain that it needs to be showing uh, you know, simulated activity in. The, the nuclei, the thalamus, the midbrain, and the pons. Um, Bas- basically all the areas that show that higher level of, of self, that higher level yeah. of, of individualism. Yeah, consciousness in this case. Yeah, that are associated with a a sense of self in modern, uh, you know, philosophy, Uh, philosophy, psychology, a little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, Yeah. So he he has set this standard, and it's colloquially referred to as the zombie detector. You know, is is this a zombie or is it a person? Is kind of the oh, is this like test? Is this his version of a Turing test? Uh, kinda. It's oh, a lot more complicated, but I, I yeah. actually kind of like it. <laughs> Anything I, I like Alan Turing, and I, I like this. But he's so, bad. No, Clovis bad. <laughs> I can't like him. I can like his ideas, though. Can't. No, 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 no. I don't like his ideas either. That's going down a dangerous path. <laughs> you can like some of his ideas. Okay, I like this idea because it's so close to a Turing test that I just <laughs> I, I like it. But so he's created this this test that something must pass in order to be a true digital uh, copy of a conscious mind, and he's running into the issue of none of his exos pass it. None of his exos are are none of his exo minds. Excuse me. None of his none of the digital brains he has created thus far have been able to pass this test. Um, they That's- always start well, to devolve. That's the other thing too. These are all created minds, right? These aren't actually uploaded. These aren't these aren't human minds yet. These aren't digitized human minds. These are just simulated created minds. Presumably. Um okay. I, he I didn't, don't believe he didn't like I steal mean, a bunch of hobos and be like, "Hey, <laughs> I'll give I'll give you some booze if you come with me." I mean, you never know when it comes it's, to him. It's Clovis. He totally could have done that. He totally could have done that. I uh, but I, I think it's stated um, that, you know, one of his, maybe not the first, but one of the first and certainly the biggest uh, test of this was, you know, on his son, Clovis Bray II. Right. But he's, yeah, via synthetic minds or, you know, people he's acquired uh, through various means, he's tested it enough to know that it doesn't work at the moment. So this uh, goes on further for a little bit here in the next section. So stick with us. Uh, he continues in section 21 saying, the eventual highly upsetting result is atheotosis, 
a disorder characterized by slow, involuntary writhing motions of the limbs, digits, neck, and tongue. Early exobodies, without governors of their paramuscle, would tear themselves apart like starfish with wasting syndrome. This was how my son died. So to pause real quick, it does sound like he's done this to others since Clovis Bray II, based on that statement. Yeah, he totally lured a bunch of hobos to Europa with booze and stole their minds. He got somebody. But he continues. The driver of this degenerative loop is a process we call billboarding. No matter how actively we stimulate the exobody, how rich we make its social and cognitive environment, and how powerful its senses, we still observe the gradual shutdown of exoneurons. The neural correlate, correlates to consciousness in the midbrain are amongst the first to die. The exomind, despite acing the Turing test, no longer meets the ISO standards for consciousness. It is a philosophical zombie. Eventually, this shutdown proceeds far enough that an exomind cannot sustain its default network, the lights in the windows of a living brain. We roll the brain state back and try again, but the outcome is inevitable. Why does this self-strangulation occur? At first, I believed the answer was simple. Like a tiger pacing in a zoo pen, the exomind did not receive enough stimulation from the exobody. A human in sensory deprivation will go mad. Perhaps the exobody de- deprived the mind of some vital but unrecognized sense. But now I think I was on the wrong track. The problem is actually one of excessive self causation. If, as the philosopher Wick proposed, we are that which we cause the most, and our future selves qualify as still truly us, only because they are primarily determined by our current brain state, then a paradox arises. To remain ourselves, we must limit the amount of change we experience. For example, our brain cannot be changed into a cloud of hot gas without killing us. But what change is permissible? Would we not be most ourselves if we never changed? If our future state was fully determined by our current state? I believe the human mind is engaged in constant self-correction. In order to filter out external causation that might disrupt our self-loops, the mind screens out errors by running a kind of constant checksum on itself. Perhaps this recursive self-checking is even the source of consciousness itself. Exominds, however, are immune to these natural sources of error. They're not messy enough. They do not suffer enough jitter, enough degradation. And we're going to pause again. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's like that, what we talked about before, where like all those subroutines that run, like your, your brain tells your lungs to inhale air. Then your brain tells your circular system to take the oxygen that was just put into your lungs and put it into your bloodstream. 
and then it tells your circular system to pump that through your body to put the to to make that oxygen go to your muscles all those little sub things that you you and I and everyone in the world never think about ever except for right now at this very moment i guarantee you everybody listening to this right now is thinking oh i'm breathing in now my circulatory <laughs> system is working yeah uh, all those little subroutines that run in the back of our mind as like little sub programs he's filtered all that out because an actual body doesn't need all that like there's, there are no lungs, there are no muscles. I mean, there, there are muscles, but there's no circular system. It's all, it's all mechanical. So all those little subroutines that run to kind of like keep the brain busy of like, yeah, you're alive, you're conscious, you're, you're, you're self-aware, you're, you're existing. None of that exists. He's programmed all of that out. And so because of that, it's causing this billboarding, this, this like flatlining, this like, this constant loop of the same thing over and over and over again until it finally just tears itself apart into nothingness. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not necessarily just the background processes, although I think that's part of it. I think he's also referring to, because he talks about the brain doing error checking. Oh like yeah. The brain yeah, is checksum. It's constantly kind of like scanning the body it's connected to and oh, self-correcting. Like, yeah. If there's some, if there's a sense that is, is, you know, reporting something it shouldn't be, you know, if you randomly, you know, get, get a, a pain in your arm or something that isn't really being caused by anything. Uh, and your brain picks up on that neuron, you know, that, that neuron, would it be neuron? No, that, that, uh, it'd it'd be, well, it'd be your nervous system. So yeah, it's gotta be a neuron. Yeah, I'm thinking of another Whatever, word, but yeah, uh, but they they pick up on that, yeah, that firing, that electrical signal, and go, wait a minute, you shouldn't be sending anything. Turn off. Yeah, it's those that error checking, that constant like the human body is messy, the human body is imperfect, and the brain is having to compensate for that. And he's theorizing that that's where thought came from. That's where that's, that's what that's thought like evolved out of. That's like the quantitative thing for consciousness. Like that, that, right. That, you, that's the one thing that he can point to at a data level and say, that's consciousness. That determines yeah. consciousness. But as you said, there are no imperfections. There's nothing. With it, he a literally programmed body. it to be perfect. Like, yeah. And so he's saying, like, my exomines are, don't have errors, exomines are immune. They're not messy enough for the human consciousness to to latch onto. Need more squishy bits. Need more squishy bits, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he continues in this very, very long entry here. Um, he continues and says, When we train AIs, we knock out random neurons in each learning cycle, forcing the AI to operate without them. This creates a more robust, stable intelligence. It also shows why some random error in entropy is vital to keeping a brain alive. Without those random knockouts, the AI is vulnerable to overlifting, locking itself in a single, narrow, stereotyped behavior. Perfectly adapted to a very specific set of stimuli, but otherwise catatonic and unresponsive. Without countervailing entropy, the very self-corrective process meant to maintain the human mind, calcify, and kill it. I believe this is why the exomines fail. 
If the exomines are to be a viable shelter against mortality, I must find a useful source of noise. Emulation of biological error will not be enough the exomind is designed for total immunity to such fleshy noise after all. The source of error must be clarity, the effect generated by clarity control. But how can it be gathered, harvested, and applied? How can I change clarity from an abstract process to something tangible, incarnate, and usable? I know that it is possible. It is the reason I was brought here after all. And that's finally the end of that. He's he's literally trying to program the whispers into the body. And yeah. into the exo mind. That's his that's that's his solution to create to 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 this billboarding idea. Like, well, if I just create these whispers, if I can quantify or, or or datify this this thing that's whispering to me, that'll be enough noise or enough whatever to keep the exo mind functioning and having it something to, to go wait i need to filter this out and and do its checksum and and then it'll then it'll poof there it's fixed yeah which again if if we think back to like our our math program our math our equation there our, our algebra equation of a plus clarity equals b um i mean in theory it's that would work because if a is an exo mind that doesn't work or or billboards introducing clarity would change it into something else possibly an exo mind that doesn't billboard like and that's that's the thing with clarity is like you don't have any there's no there's no control (laughs) as to what a turns into clarity gets introduced and now a is b and you can keep reintroducing clarity and it's just going to keep changing it. The outcome is essentially random. Yeah, but it's never going to go back. And yeah. I think that's, that's yeah. an important part for Clovis because it, it will truly make the exomind immortal. Like there's no right. way to return it to a state at which it would go, you know, that it would become a zombie. And, quote and, they, and they talk about that too. Like they try rewinding, they tried turning the, the clock back on the brain and it still loses itself to the, it's, and, and even when they try to rewind it, it's already lost so much of itself that it, it billboards again and, and eventually tears itself apart. So, yeah. 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 So the next section here um, is not a journal entry, but it is another message in this case to Elsie Bray. Uh, and in this message, he is again, pretty, uh, pretty straightforward with what he wants and why he thinks she should be helping him. So he says, I know your secret. Did you think you could keep it from me, Elizabeth? I keep track of every tiny change in your gene expression. I know when you so much as burp. You are my offspring. You are the most important thing in the universe to me, for you are an extension of my own self. I understand you are angry with me. I would be too if I'd watched my father come so close to salvation, only to die the way he did. Believe me, the groans and snaps of his exo-body tearing itself apart haunt me almost as profoundly as the things we said over his deathbed. 
I failed your father. First I tried to make him sleepless. When that failed augment eventually turned against him, I correctly identified the disease as fatal prion insomnia, while those incompetents were still blathering about unexplained catexia. I even recognized that my boy's hypervigilant immune system would make gene therapy and polythypene treatment ineffective. At every step, I was ahead of the problem and entirely focused on its solution. I determined to transfer him to a new body, and I failed. The new body killed him. His final scan still sleeps in the family archives, awaiting, perhaps, some second chance. But what I am working on here could save him, could save him still, and it can save you, Elizabeth. You know that you have your father's disease, inherited from the same genes that I so rashly engineered. You have the Clovis curse. There is no way to know exactly when it will strike, but once it does, I'm sure you've charted out exactly how it will progress. First insomnia, panic, hallucination, and fear, extended hyponogia, and the loss of all dreams. You will sweat, and your eyes will dwindle to points. You will go into menopause. You will try anti-prion treatments and gene therapy to correct the mutation, but your enhanced immunity will protect the very flaw that is killing you. You will try immunosuppressants, but they will be no match for the family arsenal. I did not make us to be easily edited. Within two years you will be entirely unable to sleep. Dementia and wasting will follow. You will be dead by then, but the husk you leave behind will continue to live, sustained by machines, unable even to dream of a time when it used to be Elizabeth Bray. So come to me. I'm dying too. Let's save each other. And that message is sent. Good freaking God. This, like, whew, okay. He, he's insane. Like, I mean, he literally, oh God, that's just, that's freaky. That's freaking me out, man. Uh, he goes through in detail exactly what Clovis II went through and what mm-hmm. every single brave for the rest of time will go through unless if he finds a way to make this work, make this EXO program work. And that's that entire process is fucking terrifying. Pretty awful. Like, I, I can't... Like, there, I can't think of, like, a worse... I, it's almost... I, I don't want to say it's almost like Alzheimer's, but it's it's a like he mentions dementia in there as well as as part of the the symptoms yep. um but it's like it's it's more than that like god it's why like and then like the fact that he engineered their their so the braves never get sick ever nope like he engineered their immune system to be the most perfect immune system so much so that it won't even respond to it, immune suppressing drugs yeah. Like, 
okay, he he might actually be insane. I mean, not not might be. He is insane. We've established this. He is psychotic. He's womanizing. He's insane. But he's he's a freaking genius. But he's definitely he's definitely trying to play into, um, and he he can tell when she burps. That's a little weird. Yeah, that's that's a little much. He's, it, it seems he's keeping track of his entire family. Yeah, down to a genetic level. Yeah, constantly. I don't. I don't, I don't think I like that. That's. I don't either. <laughs> that's that's pretty fucking creepy. <laughs> like well, a little bit. A little, a little bit, because he sees his family members also almost as, like, possessions, you know? He does. You, Absolutely. You are the most important thing to me because you are a part of me. Yeah. You know? Like, he doesn't care who they are. He cares about the fact that his genes are in them. Yeah. And that's it. Like, that's that's literally as far as his, quote-unquote, caring goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Okay. Well... It is what it is, right? So he's sent this message to Elsie, uh, you know, more or less telling her, like, I know that you have the curse. Uh, so I am your only chance of salvation, despite how I got, you know, how I messed things up before. This is in detail all the terrible things that will happen to you if you don't come help me with this. So, so again, playing to another another part of her, like first trying to appeal to her engineering side of like, Hey, come, come work with me now. Now uh, borderline threatening her with this fear of what's going to happen um, to try to appeal to that, to try like anything he can do to get her to come to him. Yeah. Yeah. Anything he can do to manipulate her into doing what he wants her to do. So, now that they've found clarity control, they have to figure out how to use it, what to do with it. How to put it in a jar. <laughs> Kinda. And uh, we see their first attempts and the consequences of that in the next entry here, which is entry number five. Clovis says this. Disaster at the work site. Clearly, we will not be moving Clarity Control like we did the K-1 artifact. It reacted violently to the attempt. I have entered 19 casualties into the log since 19 engineers from the Hanu team were caught in its reaction, though there were many more than 19 bodies when it was finished. I have sequestered the recordings, especially the sensorium telemetry. Quite upsetting. Yet I do not believe it was an act of hostility. Even this outburst carried themes of duplication, as if Clarity Control wanted to show it could help me. It whispers to me. I have been communicating with it, just as I did the K-1 artifact. I dashed off a memo to the expedition team, all fully NDA'd, of course, with hashes of their brain states on file as proof of honesty. I tried to be plain. Yes, we will proceed with necessary caution, but I am now in contact with Clarity Control. I am in communication with an intelligence so far beyond our own that it can manipulate us like stones on a go-board. Terrifying, 
obviously, but not malevolent. And I like that not malevolent is like underlined a bunch of times and is in all cap lot, all capitals in in his writing. So yeah, uh, he's trying to show that he he can manipulate yeah. it, that it can be controlled. But he continues. If it wanted to extinguish us, according to dark forest logic, perhaps, it would simply drop a strangulate on into earth. There's nothing it could possibly want from us that could not be obtained elsewhere. Even if it were so malicious as to feed on the raw suffering of our conscious minds, it would be easier to build vast hell simulations or to engineer a custom species capable of limitless woe. If we are endangered by clarity control, it is only through accident or miscommunication or punishment. Punishment is a key part of any teaching process. Still, I am keenly aware that there might be some danger that I cannot foresee, so I have ordered an orbital platform constructed over the worksite. If we need catastrophic containment or a quick and thorough redaction of our work here, the platform will excurse from its orbit and collide with the site. Europa's orbital dynamics make even high polar orbits very unstable, so the platform needs onboard power of course correction. A fission reactor makes sense. It requires less frequent refueling than a fusion plant, and it's easy to hide something in the design that will allow it to achieve uh, extreme prompt criticality. And now we can proceed with peace of mind. And it does another little printout of his uh, kind of biological status. Um, again, I won't go through all of his stats, but I say interesting notes. It says today's blood mixture is enriched pig's blood with a new modified monocyte. So he's giving himself blood transfusions of his own custom blends to keep him going, essentially. Gross. Uh, and then it says prep for liver regeneration and gallbladder transplant underway. So he's needing more organs consistently replaced at this point. Status calamitous. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I uh... Uh, so this is this is the construction of Morningstar. This is the this yep. is this is him seeing like whatever this thing did to these people. Like like he, it terrifies me that he doesn't describe it. You know, like he describes all sorts of stuff, and he doesn't even want to describe this. He just marks down seventeen casualties, though there are much more bodies. So whatever it is was not good. Um. But then, but then sees the need to to have the the Morningstar uh, orbital uh, facility built um, for complete. And I love the way he he puts it too for a complete redaction of what we've done here. Like, yeah, it's yeah, he's if just going to. We need a cover up. He's just going to crash this giant nuclear powered yeah. orbital space station into Deepstone and call it good. <laughs> like, okay, okay, Clovis. Um, so in the next entry here is a short one. Uh, he gets a reply message 
from Elsie, finally. Uh, and Elsie has only this to say to him. Fine, I am coming. If only to limit the damage you can cause. If you tell the family I'm sick, I'll never speak to you again. I won't even let you treat me. You'll have to watch, helpless, as your own granddaughter falls victim to your mistakes. I hope you're still someone capable of being troubled by that. And that's all her message says. I, I don't think he is. I, I don't think he I don't he'd think care. so either. I don't think he cared that his own son died that way. So granddaughter? Nah, definitely doesn't care. He was more bothered by the fact that he couldn't keep his gene pool going than yeah. he was by the fact that, you know, the the person his I, son I, died. I am amazed that the that the letterhead I, I was expecting just a two word answer. <laughs> Fuck off. Well, I think unfortunately <laughs> she she identifies she's you know, he is gonna be the only one that can potentially cure her if anybody right. can. So, stuck between kind of a rock and a hard place. But it doesn't mean she's not going to, you know, give him shit for it. Oh, absolutely. So, his uh, time on Europa continues with entry number six. Uh, He goes on to say this. A gate. Of course, Clarity Control is inviting me to make a gate. Hypothesis. Aliens would seek the most efficient method of interstellar contact. Starships are slow, fragile, and massive. It is easier to send a set of instructions for a message receiver, or a construction blueprint for a portal. This explains reports of visions and paranoia at the K-1 site. The idiots were receiving a message, but they failed to divine the true purpose. Or perhaps the invitation was only intended for me. And it is an invitation. But I will need more data and more talent to answer it. I feel that the gate Clarity Control wants me to build is not any form or product of Clarity itself. The design, I think, is Vex. Those pestilent nuisances encountered on Venus and occasionally elsewhere. If I need a Vex gate to fulfill Clarity Control's purpose, then I will make a Vex gate in the simplest way. I will have a Vex build it for me. I know exactly where to find one. The only trick will be concealing the fact that I've taken it. And then underneath is a little printout that says, Access Activation. Venus Ishtar Management Trustfall. Venus Ishtar Labor Dennis. Venus Aerospace ISR Nassau. Venus Aerospace Cargo Warbler. And that's the end of that entry. He's, he's just going to borrow it. He'll just bring it back. It. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> what, was, what was the, what was the, uh, the like, in process, become a oh. good grandfather, but then, like, yeah. one of them was, like, steal Ishtar Collective shit in process. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, he's finally he's putting that good. process into motion. It it does still kind of blow my mind, and I I don't know why I I like I know this I I knew this was a thing and I know this was a thing, but the fact that like the Vex existed during the Golden Age in our in our solar system, mm-hmm. like yep. it I don't know why that that always blows my mind. But they weren't they weren't like this 
I, I don't want to say they weren't this unknown. They they knew about them, and and I'm I like do Vex know that they are Vex? Like do Vex call themselves? How did how did somebody learn to call something a Vex? You know how did? I mean, you could say the same thing about anything. <laughs> like, I mean, all words are just made up at some point. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. It gets me every time. You're just using made-up words. They're all made up. Mind blown. <laughs> How does a turtle know that it's a turtle, or is it actually called something else? And we're just, it just gets pissed at us every time we call it turtle. Maybe that's why cats hate us. Oh, my God, this is mind blown. So then the only thing we've gotten right is dog. <laughs> it'd, make, it'd make a lot of sense, I suppose. <laughs> Holy shit. The only thing we've gotten right is dog, because that's the only thing that'll come to us and, and interact with us and is man's <laughs> best friend. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> well, we had to get oh, one well. right eventually. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, statistically, you've got to get at least one. <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, so yeah, build a Vexgate. I've... I know of something in recent Destiny history where we were like, just build a Vex gate. And everyone was like, Ikora, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> so I'm going to ask the same question here. Clovis, what the fuck is wrong with you? And the list is way too long to list here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plus, you know, Clovis is like, this is, this is almost, you know, a holy mission in his zealotry. Right. Like, yeah. he needs to do this to get to his end goal, then he's going to do it. And, you know... Who cares about this, the consequences? This will propel him to be the Luca of humanity. Like this is right. this is his this is his mission. His like you said, like a, like a, a very zealot, very crusady style thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's uh, I think that asset activation at the end. Those four um, different names: Trustfall, Dennis, Nasu, Warbler. Um, I'm assuming those are him activating sleeper agents that he has placed. I think you're right. The Ishtar Collective. Yep. 100% believe that. So, uh, the next one is called Entry 6 Amendment. Uh, And this one kind of gives us a glimpse of what happened. So, it says, The raid on the Ishtar Collective went off flawlessly. Some casualties during the outbreak, of course, they were woefully unprepared for their artifacts to switch into expand and exploit behavior. Necessary sacrifices, alas, they died meaningful deaths for a vital human project. Even if they don't know it, they're heroes, every one of them. After Rasputin intervened with the frames and orbital fire, there was urgent need for a search and rescue. An easy task to have one of our ships slip away with a specimen. By the time Ishtar is up and running again, they'll attribute the missing artifact to damage during the battle. The stolen machine is now at work, building the gate I require. The gate shares nothing in common with the structure of clarity control. In fact, I'm not sure it has a structure at all beyond the gross material form and some apparently arbitrary interior complications. Even the materials are elementally basic. Perhaps the design is old on a cosmic scale, dating back to an era before supernovas, when there was very little free metal. 
I think the structure of the gate is simply a password, a configuration of symbols which will be recognized by some distant technology. A connection will be made, and what we will find what will we find when we pass through? The Babylon of the universe? The silk road of some cosmic union. I will be the first, of course, but I will not go in the flesh. I will use my assistant as remote proxy. It is all so exciting that I can hardly, can hardly. And there's a little printout that uh, Clovis has gone into cardiac arrest during this entry. And his suit is performing uh, defibrillating. And that's what happened. That's what happened. That's that's what happens when the squishy bits start to go. <laughs> well, and we saw he had organs to be replaced, and yeah. Has he been watching too much Stargate? I mean, because he it talks about an like, awful lot, like a Stargate. Like, <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> it really does. He talks about the symbols to dial out. <laughs> although, although. I, I do want to go back just a little bit. This is a premise I've never actually thought about before, but it, it kind of makes a lot of sense that yeah. it's not it's it's not efficient for a oh, yeah, yeah. extraterrestrial uh you know entity to literally travel in a starship across the light years to get to a right. destination. If they want to say hi, they're just they're going to send a message or or find some fast right. way to do it's, it. It's far more efficient for them to send a message and even more so for that message to include instructions on how to transmit larger messages or, and or a portal. That makes me think of the movie Contact with Jodie Foster. Yeah. Yep. Like they that that's how they got the communication across. They they sent instructions on how to build a machine to send Jodie Foster essentially her consciousness across the freaking galaxy to Vega and they could talk to her and say, Hey, this is just the first step. And like on our end of it, Hey, this ball dropped right through this machine and that was it on her end of it. It was 18 hours worth of journey. Like, yeah, no, I, 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 this, okay. So we know Clovis is a sci-fi fan then. I, I can, mean, he I lives can, in a sci-fi, what we would consider I, a sci-fi universe. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll give, I'll give you that one. But, he's, but he does like Stargate, and he does like, like Contact, so yeah. Well, <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't say, I, I started to say I like him. I can't, I can't say that. Nobody should like Clovis Bray. No. Don't, maybe, don't humanize maybe, the devil here. Maybe respect him? I don't know. That's not even... I can't even say that. I just, I don't know. It. He keeps doing these things, and I'm like, oh, I like that too. And then I'm like, oh my god, am I the devil? Am I? <laughs> am I? Am I Clovis Bray Jr.? Is, is this what's happening here? No, because Clovis that. Bray Jr. is dead. Oh, that's right. He's dead. We can. <laughs> we can. Okay. So you're yep, all good. Hope you're right. We're all good there. All good there. All set. Oh my gosh. But yeah, all of all of this is is these are these are all ideas that we've seen. In, in Hollywood, uh, in our time, is you know the the idea of this gate network of like, hey, this is the most efficient travel. Like, 
the idea of the of the the Jodie Foster machine in in contract like just sending a message there's no there's no reason to to run an entire ship worth of people into an unknown space just to go say hi because i mean that's obviously inefficient you're risking lives you're risking materials resources all of that why not just build something that can send a message which also made me think of another question can can vex so and again this this is nothing related to clovis so you know me and my side tangents uh we you and i and all of destiny knows vex are just the 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 milk like they're yeah. the, the the frame that is animated by the milk is not a vex it is just a, a metal frame essentially right um can vex create more vex do, do they can the can the radiolaria like multiply cuz he just has essentially one vex right now right and and what would be super shitty but it's just like this little goblin who like he knows he's a goblin and he's just like you got to be fucking kidding me. I had it I had it made over an Ishtar collective. They fed me random stuff. It was awesome. They asked me questions. I killed people. It was great. I'm out here on this freezing fucking moon building this gate for this psychotic thing. I I don't even have any friends. Bill Bill's still stuck on your on 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 Venus. I I'm never going to talk to Bill again. This blows. Like do you think that's what this little goblin is is going through? I love the mental picture of a single goblin <laughs> just like carrying materials all on its own from a pile just, over to where it needs to time, go. Just one just little like panel at a time. He's just grumbling pissed. about their boss. Yeah. And, Fuck, when, when's lunch? God damn it. Ten more minutes. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't even give me lunch. Just this horse shit. At least, on, at least on Venus, I had lunch. I had a break time. I had a car. He's not even going to bring my car, is he? This <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> so, no, I I think to answer both questions because it's kind of two part. Uh, the first <laughs> one, I think Radiolaria can propagate, uh, okay. because as far as we know, it's it's kind of just an organic algorithm, and presumably that algorithm can iterate upon itself. Yeah. Uh, however, I don't think that I, I think it, it, while the radio area running the frame may be able to replicate, um, I don't think it can just like create another Vex on the spot. Um, gotcha. I think that's, that's a longer, you know, it'd probably take a lot of time to build up enough radio area to fill another frame. Cause we don't even know like the, 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 chemical makeup of radiolaria like we don't know if it right, if it requires really. like nitrogen and oxygen and shit like that yeah so if this if, if this radiolaria if this single vex is stuck on europa maybe it doesn't have like the materials for the rep for the radiolaria to create more radiolaria therefore it can't create another vex frame and whatnot right. yeah and i don't think that the singular vex is doing all of the building on their lonesome I I feel like it is. I I think it's hilarious, and I love the idea of Bob Bob the Goblin just fucking boop 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 boop. Yeah, as fun as that idea is, um, I think it's probably a singular vex that has simulated how the gate would be built, and Clovis is now using those instructions to tell the frames what to do. Yeah, I think I think that's more more accurate and more likely. I still just like the idea of Bob the Goblin just 
Bippy bopping along one panel at a time. Yeah. Bitching about not having his car <laughs> or a break. Oh, but, uh, but yeah, so we'll do one more, one more, uh, entry for the, for the evening. Um, because, you know, in the last entry, Clovis died again temporarily, you know, went into cardiac arrest, uh, and was revived again. And, we know what happens when he uh he has a little a little permanap is uh these, these deaths seem to be happening more frequently too. Well and, and he even sent in his letter to, to Elsie that, you know, I'm dying. So it seems yeah. that his body is starting to give way. I don't know if that's due to old age or if he uh also has an, an affliction of some sort. Um but yeah, he's he's having some issues right now, which is why he's pushing so hard to try and get the exo uh figured out because he's on a he's on the clock um but every time that he has had one of these short stints of death it's been accompanied by a vision and so again he has a vision uh that he writes down in the very next entry which goes like this Quickly, quickly, I have to get it down. I saw I was a beast upon the earth, a salamander or an eel. Water pressed through that earth as streams passed through a garden. Beside each stream grew sweet grass, not much of it, but enough to feed little aphids who lived mean and starving lives. Now there came an upwelling of water from the earth, so that the streams ran fat and slow. The grass grew thick, the aphids multiplied. Ants came to enslave the aphids, and the aphids joined together to oppose them. And in victory they returned to tend their grass, to aerate its roots and spread its seeds, so they did thrive. Now it occurred to me that I might join two streams by crawling between them on my belly. Having done so, I sought that I might dam one stream to, to divert its water into the other. The aphids of the first stream came to me in protest, but I said to them, Go to the new pond I have made, and join the aphids there in cultivation, and I will send more water unto you. And they were greeted by, by the joining. Greatened by the joining. Thus I proceeded to join all the streams together into one pond, and whenever the aphids on a small stream might protest, I said to them, Go look at my pond and see the plentitude I have provided to my people there. When it becomes necessary to stop those upstream from polluting the water, I offer them the bounty of our pond, the grass and the watercress, and if they do not yield, I sent the ant fighters against them because their petty good injured the good of the all. I appointed ministers of water and soil and seed and war, and to the most loyal I gave these posts as rewards. But ultimately their power depended on me, for they were aphid, and I was Leviathan. In time I became the coordinator of all water and the dispensator of fertility. When I became the coordinator of coordinators, and I gave up the control of thirst and life for control of those who had control, and all my craft became the pure and abstract management of power. Then 
saw upon the horizon a wave, and the wave was God, and it approached me, saying, We are as one, you and I. We are the gathering of the water. Gather unto me, as they have gathered unto you. We will be as one. The aphids screamed and begged me for salvation, but I was not of them. I was of the wave. Clearly, this is a message from Clarity Control, and written in allegorically large print. I am, in the eyes, or whatever precepts it's or whatever precepts it possesses of clarity, the leader of humanity. This is why they contacted me. This is why they want me. They are an association of coordinators, those whose choices cause change, and they are inviting me into their pantheon. We must finish the gate. And that's the end of that entry. Dude, he's he, he he's he's saying he's God. Yeah, he's he's full. He, this is this has gone beyond of of like thinking that he's God. He's now accepting this hallucination because I I don't think this is I at least I personally don't think that this is clarity talking to him. No, I think I don't he think is so. literally dying and having these like near death experiences and and hallucinations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And in these hallucinations, he's 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 contributing them to Clarity talking to him, and therefore he's got it, it, Clarity's calling him a god, so he must be a god. So now he's he's gone he's gone full god complex mode, like beyond just like a complex. Like he now truly believes he is god. Oh yeah, no, like I that's, I think that's fucking that's fucking crazy. Yeah, like his his whole his whole vision I think is just his subconscious, you know, in, in his mind's eye, he has always been the leader of humanity, you know, the Luca, the, the most important person. And now he's viewing humanity as, as ants and aphids below him as he ascends to some greater being. And, uh, you know, it's just his visions are, are his subconscious reinforcing that idea. I think. I I I agree, hundred percent. So God, this guy is fucking nuts. Okay. Yes. Yes, he <sighs> is. All right. Well, on that note, build a gate. Yeah, he is building a vex gate because clearly nothing could go wrong. Uh, and who hurt you, Icora? <laughs> who hurt you? We are going to pick up from there uh, as we continue our. Uh, our series on Clovis Bray next week. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, well, uh, do we have any shout outs? Uh, no particular shout outs. Um, as far as like the lore stuff goes, uh, it was very nice of, uh, one of our, our members, uh, on Twitter to reach out. Um, this was blazing legacy, um, who just made a comment that, uh, Love the audio quality upgrades. I almost thought Z got replaced as co-host. Lol, it sounds that much better. So thank you, <laughs> thank you. I'm trying something new this week as well. So, uh, um, but yeah, Christmas was really good to me. Um, I new mic, uh, full audio. Um, uh, what are they called, Myth? 
the 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 foam stuff. I can't think of what they're called. Oh, the um sound suppressing. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds pressing little, material. Sounds pressing little foam, wavy, yeah. wavy, foamy shit that you see in, in recording <laughs> studios. So um, I built uh, I built two panels of that uh, that I can hang around my my recording space. Um, I, I've got a fully fully controllable mic that I can control the gain, all that stuff on. And um, so yeah, next step is uh, uh, let's see, your birthday is coming in about a week or so. So maybe a maybe a boom and a uh, pop filter might be coming with it. Yeah, It'd be you know. totally awesome, but yes, thank you for the thank you for the, the again uh, as far as audio on my end, uh, um, I, it, it's still kind of evolving. I'm still messing with all the all the knobs and all the new buttons and shit that I have to to play with. So, yeah, uh, hopefully I'm I'm trying to make Myth's job a little bit easier, um, since he does all the editing, <laughs> I, which I appreciate. I don't, I don't I don't know that I actually am or not. I I feel like I'm making it harder now that I have more buttons and shit to fuck with. <laughs> so yeah. Uh we'll see. We'll see. Uh Myth Myth does a fantastic job of 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 doing the editing. So yeah, it's I'm I'm just here. I'm just I'm just a voice in his head. Oh, but it wouldn't be the same if you weren't. So This is true. I am clarity control. Oh no. all right well cool um i guess i gotta give a thanks um i'm gonna thank bob the bob the camp the the goblin (laughs) thanks thanks for your sacrifice buddy i'll i'll i mean you're probably dead by now but uh if you weren't i'd i'd get you a new car (laughs) sorry buddy poor bob Poor Bob. Bob. You're going to make it so we can't kill Vex. We're going to be able to kill Fallen. (laughs) We're going to be able to kill Cabal. uh, (laughs) We're going to do Dares of Eternity and just be inviting everything to a tea party. I can't. Oh, God. Go around to every goblin. Are you Bob? No, are you Bob? Bob? Do the thing, Myth. Do the outro. Well, before the let, outro, let every, let everyone know where they can find us. So yep. I could probably gather myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a reminder, for uh, as long as it sticks around, uh, you can reach out to us via Twitter uh, at Myths and Stories. Stories about the Z. Uh, or if you're so inclined and enjoyed, uh, enjoyed what you heard, you can leave a review on, uh, either Apple or Spotify or audible. Um, and you know, you, you may hear one of your comments, uh, as a shout out in a later episode. So, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> anything else? Man? That's it. All right. Well, from all of us, non, let's see here, let's name all, non-vex killing, non, non-scream killing, non-fallen killing, non-cabal killing guardians, lord nerds, whatever we are. Oh, God. From all of us crazy people who can't kill any enemy in Destiny anymore, to all of you guys out there that still can, we'll see you next week. <laughs>